Good morning, everybody. We want to welcome myself and my. No, I need to welcome, welcome all of you here this morning. It's a, and uh, we, we're so grateful that all of us are here this morning. And uh, we pray that even as we meet together, that the Lord will just bless us today as we meet together. Again, welcome to those who are visitors with us. Mrs. Norman, the Lord bless you. Uh, and uh, may you be encouraged today as we gather together. And then, of course, we also want to uh, not only congratulate those who have graduated but, uh, uh, and will be as well. So we, we're thinking of some of them here this morning, Leonita, Deborah, Jared, and of course, tomorrow, uh, uh, Duncan, all you know, there we are. Duncan will be graduating as well. He's honest, uh, and uh, and that's right. Just Cameron as well. That's correct. Yeah. So, uh, Lord, may the Lord just bless you, and uh, and uh, we thank the Lord for each one of you. You know, it's it's amazing how the Lord just shapes lives, and and, and it's amazing how the Lord equips us and enables us to to achieve greatness even through our studies and all of that, and, and, and further. And may the Lord just bless each one of you. And we thank the Lord for you, and we want to say to each one of you, we are very proud of you. May the Lord just bless you today. Then everybody else, just be blessed today as we continue in our series here today. Uh, it's, we're going back to the book of Malachi, Malachi chapter 3 today, and we're just going to focus on the one verse, Malachi chapter well, in fact, the one verse in, 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 in Malachi chapter 3, verses 6, although we're going to read two verses there. And we, want to, we pray that this morning, as the word of the Lord will come, that we will be challenged. But before we do that, we're going to pray together, and we're going to ask the Lord to just be with each one of us here today. Father, we want to thank you for this day, and we want to thank you for your faithfulness. We want to thank you for who you are. We want to thank you for your greatness. Lord, it's about you. It's not about us. Everything that has happened in our lives, Lord, it's not about us. Everything that we have accomplished, it's not about us. It's all about you. You've given us, Lord, the ability, the life, the focus, the creativity, you've given that to us. That is why it's all about you. And often, Lord, we think we can do it in our own strength, but we cannot. And we come before you this morning, Lord, and we look to you. We commit ourselves to you. Our focus is on you, Lord, and not on anything else, but on you. And we pray that you will just be with us today and reach out to each one of us in a very special way. Father, we pray for some of our families. We continue to pray for Danny and his boy, the boys, Lord, that you'll be with them at this time, that you will minister to them in a powerful way, Lord, and uh, you will just come alongside them, Lord, and they, you will embrace them with your love and your grace, and that they will encounter you in a very powerful way today. Lord, we Think of Cornelia. We pray that you will be with her, Lord. You will be her strength and you will touch her, Lord. That your healing virtues will be on her. 
And Lord, that you will be with them as a family at this time. And uh, we pray a special blessing over them. We pray, Lord, that you will pour out your very best over their lives today. Father, we want to thank you for those who have graduated. Lord, they have a great future ahead of them. And Father, we pray that you will protect them and that you will order every step of theirs, Lord. Wherever they go, whatever they do, wherever you take them, Lord, we pray that your blessing will be on their lives in a powerful way. And Lord, we honor you and we exalt you for your faithfulness. Thank you for helping them to get through, Lord, their studies in the way they have, Lord. And Father, we just pray that you will continue to encourage them and you will continue to guide them and that at all times they will put you first in everything. Lord, we bless you and we exalt your name this morning and we, we, we glorify you for your goodness toward us. And now, Lord, even as your word will come, we pray that you will minister to us and speak deeply into the inner recesses of our lives. Bless us now, Lord, and continue with us. We pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Let's turn to Malachi chapter 3, and we're going to read verses 1, or rather verses 6 and 7 there. It says there, I, the Lord, do not change. This is the Lord speaking here. I, the Lord, do not change. So you, O descendants of Jacob, are not destroyed. Ever since the time of your forefathers, you have turned away from my decrees and have not kept them. Return to me, and I will return to you, says the Lord Almighty. So far, may God bless the reading of his precious word. Well, the title of the message here, Changeless God in, a, in Changing Time, or maybe we should just put it, An Unchanging God in Changing Times. Life can be full of changes, isn't it? And therefore it is unpredictable. We can never predict life these days. Eh? Although it would be nice to go through life knowing what to expect, it does not work that way. We cannot get through life without dealing with the changes before us. Adjusting to life's curveballs, if we could put it in those words, can cause tension and anxiety. People go through changes and can be unpredictable too. Isn't that true? Just as life is unpredictable, people, we as, pe we as people are really so unpredictable. You think you know a person and then they do something completely different to what you thought. They complete you, completely catch you off guard sometimes. Isn't it true? But there is one whom we can count on to never change. One whom we never have to worry about. Having some mood swings or changing his mind about something. And that is the Lord God Almighty. It is good to know we have someone in our lives whom we can count on to always be the same. The Lord is always the same. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. That's what the scripture says. Eh? This verse opens 
with the Lord making a statement about himself. I wonder whether we can make that statement about ourselves. A statement about himself. He informs the people of Israel with whom he has been speaking that he does not change. The Lord declares that he is immutable or unassailable. He does not change. Immutable just means he does not change. He's immutable. It's a nice word to use. The Lord is immutable. He never changes. This is one of his attributes. He's always the same. What the Jews had labeled as God's injustice in that the wicked nations around them were prospering and they were not, was not God being unrighteous or unfair, but was actually God being mercifully patient with them. The Lord goes on to say that it is because he is immutable, unchangeable in other words, that Israel still was still alive. They still existed. That they have not been consumed. That they have not been wiped off the earth. Like Sodom and Gomorrah. Isn't that amazing? And isn't that what's happening to us as well? He could have wiped us off the earth long ago. But because he is mercifully patient with us. He has devised a plan. To save us and to bring deliverance in our lives. What the Jews were saying about God being unjust here was untrue. When you compare it to Israel's history of rebellion against God, he tells them that from the days of their fathers they have turned aside from his decrees and have not kept them. Their very existence was due only to the Lord's immutable, in other words, unchangeable character and his unwavering commitment to them. And isn't that true? The Lord's commitment to us is unwavering. And he never changes. And as we look at this, as we consider this here this morning, the changeless God in changing times, the first point I want to make is that his nature just does not change. I just that word, I, the Lord, I, his nature. Remember somewhere in, in, in Exodus, what does the Lord say? I am who I am. His nat nature does not change. Who God is in essence is, is never, ever changing at all. He is the, the, the never changing one. For all eternity, from everlasting to everlasting, you are God, according to Psalm 90 verse 2. All that we see around us is subject to change, simply because it is not eternal. It has a beginning and it will have an ending. But this great presence, the Lord Jesus Christ, in our lives, Described as the eternal king, the immortal God, is always at all times the same. He has no beginning and he has no ending. 
Isn't that the amazing thing about him? No ending. He cannot grow any older. Can you think about it? He's still young. <laughs> he cannot grow any older. He never gains any new strength or loses any abilities that he ever had. He never matures. He never develops. He never grows stronger or weaker or wiser. He is perfect. He cannot go from worse to better. He cannot change in any way. Psalm 102 verse 27 says that. He remains the same despite everything. Nothing he said about himself in history, in the biblical record, will ever be changed. It will always remain. That is why he's compared to a rock, a rock that is immovable, a rock in the midst of uncertainty and confusion. He remains a rock. Is he your rock this morning? Are you depending on your solid rock this morning? You're unchangeable, should I say. Dependable rock, solid rock. Or on what are you depending today? And whilst everything else surrounding us is continually fluctuating, he remains the solid rock. I ask you again, is he a rock? Or is he not? Davis was so focused on singing about his great love in Psalm 89 verses 1 and 2. He sings about his love. And this is what David says, his love never changes. That's basically what he says there. It is always at full mark. He has loved us to the fullest from the moment he created us. No matter what changes in this world, the love of the Lord toward us will never change. He will never love us less because he cannot love us more. His love has already reached that peak and he cannot go below that or beyond that. His love is the, has reached the highest point for you and I. You know, sometimes people let us down and people disappoint us and suddenly the way we loved them before, we don't love them anymore the way we... Isn't it true? We loved them before. We don't appreciate them the way we, we, we appreciated them before. It's a little thing they do. A little misunderstanding. And suddenly we change. But this God of ours, this heavenly Father of ours, regardless of how we rebel against him, regardless of how we serve him, regardless of how, how feeble our commitment is toward him, he never changes towards us. He remains constant. He remains the same. Yes, no matter what changes in this world, the love of God toward us will never change. 
He will never love us less. I'll repeat it again. Because he cannot love, love us more. He's already reached that point. Where he loves us more than we could ever imagine. His love for us is not dependent on anything. But his perfect nature. It's his nature to love. And, it, and once his nature is inside of you and I. It should be the same as he is. Isn't that true? When you experience new life in Christ, you graduate from the new birth to a new nature, empowered with a new name. Do you realize that? We're talking about nature now. His nature. What about your nature and mine? New life, it's a new nature, new birth, with this new nature, and you have this new name. You're a child of the Lord. You are forgiven. You have significance, whereas before you had no direction and purpose. That's what, you, well, that's what happens to us. A person who claims to be saved while remaining unchanged does not understand what God has done for him or her. Does not live up to this change that the Lord has wrought in their lives. The new birth is not the end. Remember that. For us, it is just the beginning. Growth. It's not an option for us. And in this life, we grow continually. And many of us ref refuse to grow. We reach a certain point and we refuse to grow further. And you know, I've learned one thing. If I have an issue in my life, I don't like to have issues. Because I don't think a child of God should have an issue. She could deal with that issue. If you have issues in your life this morning, if you're a child of the Lord, deal with that issue. Don't leave it there. Don't let it grow and become worse than what it, what it is. But we have no option but to grow in every area as children of God. There's got to be a change somewhere, somehow. And that's why I want to ask you here this morning, in your walk with the Lord, are you demoting and downgrade, downgrading Christ in your life? Or are you promoting and raising and elevating Christ in your life this morning? You've got to answer that, and only you can answer that. This new life is about overcoming Overcoming what, what we want to speak the way people speak today. Overcoming the default patterns of the past. These believers were defaulting or reverting back to dependence upon the old nature from which they had been delivered. They went back there. And now the Lord says, I the Lord do not change. But you have changed. You, have, you are the one who have defaulted, if I could use that word, reverted back into the, the old nature, the old life. You see, the old nature wants dominance in your life. 
and it will not lie down and die for you. Won't die for you. You must make an intentional choice each day to put it to death. Galatians 5 verse 24 says, crucify it. It's the old sinful patterns, if not dealt with, can return. And once they return, they return with vengeance. And I eventually, without me realizing it, I eventually find myself so far from the Lord because I have not put to death certain things that I've got to put to death in my life. Are we listening? People are very, <laughs> yeah. But, and this is what the Lord was dealing with here with these people. They needed to return to him and surrender their lives all to him. Both natures, must we always remember with us as believers, both natures coexist in us. The old nature and the new nature. But we cannot revert back to the old nature once we have experienced the new nature. And it's so easy to go back to the old nature. There's that constant battle daily. I want to say this. I'm a pastor today. But there's that constant battle all the time. That old nature wants to rear its head. And then Alan has got to say, hey, Alan, don't go there. Go back to the new nature. Make a U-turn. But don't. Don't overlook it and ignore it. You deal with it as it comes. And uh, that's what it's all about. Are we still with me? <laughs> you still with me? Yeah. And that's what it's all about. The Lord said to that's why he spoke to them about the fact that he doesn't change. He never changed. The people changed. And now they were blaming him for what was happening in their lives. And yet they were the ones who were in rebellion. But then secondly, uh, it's also his character does not change. Not only his nature, but his character. Now you might say, but character and nature is the same thing, is it? People lie. People change their minds. People can have a lack of integrity. People can prove themselves, and they often do, all of us, to be untrustworthy. All of these issues have a You know, all of these issues, what did I want to say now? Exist in mankind, but not with God. <laughs> That's what I wanted to say. Was and If God promised it, we must remember this. You can believe it. If he said it, you can rely on it. You never have to wonder if God will follow through on what he said. It may not be according to your timing. But that does not change his trustworthiness. He remains faithful and trustworthy. God may not be predictable regarding how he will act. We cannot predict that, eh? but he always keeps his word and his promises. Numbers 23 verse 19, what does it say? God is not a man that he should lie, neither a son of man that he should change his mind. He does not think like we do. 
He does not act like we do. He does not love the way we do. These people were charged by the Lord to return from placing cultural traditions above radical obedience. Did you hear that word? Radical obedience. Cultural traditions above radical obedience. Their faith was largely outward and cultural, not inward and deep. They were blending in with certain cultural elements and they gradually departed from the truth. Gradually departed from the Lord. Gradually departed from their faith. Their relationship with the Lord became mechanical. You see, you know what that means? My relationship, suddenly now it was a mechanical relationship. It was a routine. Just routine. It was very dull. Is that where you are this morning? In your relationship? Very dull. Not exciting. It's not exciting to be a child of the Lord. And yes, my goodness, it's always exciting. Then they become very technical. You know, little things, little things affect them, you know, easily. And they are easily distracted by the little things. Now they are technical. Don't you think you should do it this way? Or, uh, you, know, you know people like that? They, some, some, you know, in their relationship are very nominal. When I, when I use the word nominal, I, I'm a child of the Lord in name only. But I'm nominal. You still, you still just, it's a, just a nominal relationship with the Lord. Then others are very narrow-minded, very negative, very nitpicky. Have you, you know, people like that? Very pessimistic. Very much fault-finding. Say this to you this morning. If you are there today, and something's wrong in your walk with the Lord, not somebody else. No matter what they have done, no matter what they have said, no matter how you have been treated, the moment you become, you, you, you are negative as a child of the Lord, that's when you go to question your relationship with the Lord. Yes, negative things happen to us, but we've got to be faithful to the Lord. Amen. Our relationship is with the Lord. It's not about what anybody else has done or said. It's, it's our relationship is with the Lord. And I challenge you this morning, do not have a a relationship that is just mechanical and routine with the Lord. Go deep with Him. Have a deep and personal relationship with Him. Or else you will lose your joy. And you will say and do things that you shouldn't. Brothers and sisters, when we talk about this, we are not making history. We are making history. Remember that. We, I wouldn't say, uh, uh, let me rather change the, uh, change, rephrase that. We are all making, let's change it to that. We are all making history and influencing eternity. 
for good or evil, whether we want to or not. I think that's a better statement, isn't it? There is no end to influence. It starts with one small act, one small act of selflessness and becomes, I can almost put it in this way, like a river, a running river, cutting a path wherever it goes. Doesn't the river do, uh, rivers do that? Eh? Cuts a path wherever it goes. And I want to say this, you're, you are busy cutting a path in history all the time. Every act of love can start a chain reaction. Every act of you, you and I can start a chain reaction that will never end. Or it will tell a story. Think of that one lonely Samaritan. Can you remember that? One lonely Samaritan traveling down a dangerous road more than 2,000 years ago. He had to make a choice. Either to pass by or stop and help a beaten man. Did he pass by? How many times we pass by when we should do something? Why he stopped, we do not know. Someone in his past influenced him to be caring and compassionate. For all we know, he had been helping, he, he had been helped by someone who found him in the same condition some years before. Whatever the influence, his act of love for a stranger has influenced all of history. <laughs> They are good Samaritan hospitals, isn't it? They are good, good Samaritan nursing homes today. They are good Samaritan ministries of all kinds today. Because of one man. One man who didn't just pass by, but he stopped. And he did something. He lifted the whole world when he lifted that helpless victim. Only the omniscient or all-knowing mind of God could trace the impact of his influence. I want to say this to you, whatever you do, your impact will be traced. Whether it's good, or whether it's bad, the impact of what you have done will be traced back. They will find traces of that. That is why it is so important that you and I live obedient lives to the Lord. That is why it is so important that you and I do the right thing at all times. And, you know, there's one thing that Pauline and I have always taught our boys, and I don't like to talk about myself and what we do. Because it must show, I feel it must show. That's all I say to, we've said to Benny and to Jared, it must show in your life. You don't have to say a word. It must show in your life.
And if it doesn't show in your life, then do something about it. That's what we've taught. Uh, that's what we've taught them. And you know, I'll never forget. And I don't like to talk about myself. You know, but one day, please forgive me for doing this because I hate referring to myself. And I know there's a lot of things that I, we can talk about. But one day, when I, when you know, when we, Pauline and I, when we were in New York, and we we, we went to this church where Benny was leading the worship, a thing that really stood out to me, and I want to say it was a challenge to me. Is a when this, this pastor looked at me and he started to weep, he said to me, I don't know you. This is such a challenge to me to say this. And, I, and I'm not being arrogant when I say this. I don't know you. But I see you every week. And he was referring to my, you know, to Ben. He says to Ben, I don't know you, but I see you every week. Look at your son, and I see the life that he's living. And people, that's what it's all about. We can only set the example, and it's not even about me. That was humbling to me because I didn't think any, you know. I don't, sometimes you're not aware of what's happening. In our, but I say it again to us as parents, us as people. Don't talk about it. Love it. Let me see it in your life. And that's what, that is what the world is asking for. Isn't it true? And I'm, my apologies for referring to myself because I'm not being arrogant when I say this. Because this is, that thing has humbled me. I was weeping more than that man after he said that. Because then I realized, you know, that uh, I have a responsibility as a parent, as a father. We have a responsibility to live the life. The people, my, my children will never be able to say to me, Dad, you're saying this, but look at your life and look at what you're, the way you're living and so forth. So I've got to be able to see it in my life. And, and it's so much easier when they see it. It's so much easier when they see it lived out to, to naturally do it. Isn't that true? That's what it's all about. So love it out, brothers and sisters. You live it out. You live it out. Live it. Be that light. Be the love that you're talking about. Be that example. And now, now we, and this is what the Lord wanted to speak to these people about here. We've, we've just, you know, I've just deviated so much. I've just gone off track, you know. Forgive me for that as well, but that's just one of those things where we just needed to make an illustration. His truth does not change as well. If God had said it, and establishes there's no need for it to change. It is perfect. Theories change today. Philosophies change, but not God's word. And Psalm 119 verse 89 says, Forever, O Lord, your word is settled in heaven. Some people do not believe in absolute truth. They think truth is relative. 
In their minds, the world is constantly changing and all the species are evolving. That's what they say. So truth is doing the same thing. It's evolving. It is subjective. That's what the philosophers are saying. It is relative to our times even, they say. But when you are talking the Bible, you are not talking about something that does not fit in anywhere or does not fit in anymore. Why? Because even though times and cultures change, the true nature of mankind doesn't. The sins of the people in biblical times are the sins of the people in modern times. The problems can take on a new shape, but the attitudes and behaviors of people remain the same. Truth is not relative. It is absolute. And God's word is absolutely true. God's word is eternal, standing firm. It is timeless. Instead of feeding on the things that eat, that eat away at us, let's feed on the sustaining word of God that will nourish us constantly and enable us to grow. God's word is steady and unchanging. And then finally, yeah, he's, we, you know, in, he's changes also in his ultimate purpose. His ultimate purposes for us does not change. His ultimate purposes for each one of us to have an encounter with him. For each one of us to experience his salvation. The Lord is orchestrating the events in our lives according to his master plan. He has the final say as far as your life and my life is concerned, brothers and sisters. Even before we were born, he knew all the days of our lives according to Psalm 159, 16. He has a record of it. He is intimately involved in our daily lives to accomplish his purposes. Not my purposes, but his purposes. If every day is in his book, then no matter what happens to us, it is already recorded. <laughs> That's why Psalm 33, verse 11, what does it say? The plans of the Lord stands firm forever. The purposes of his heart through all generations. His purpose is bigger than ours. And it will stand firm no matter what. His purposes is bigger than ours because it's not about us. Did you hear that? It's about him. It's not about us, it's about him. No matter what happens, we can trust that he will finish what he started. In fact, nothing and no one is powerful enough to stop his purpose. Your actions are not powerful enough. Somebody else's actions to stop you are not powerful enough to derail God's purpose for you. He has not rejected you. And he wants the best for you and I. We are not called to blend in, and I'm concluding here, but to stand out in the crowd. 
Are you standing out in the crowd? Or are you just blending in this morning? Your choices and your actions are a reflection of your faith in Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ laid his, his life down for each one of us. He gave his life his all because of his unchangeable nature. He saw something in you and I that nobody else saw. Allow him. As Psalm 38 verse, uh, 138 verse 8 says, allow him to perfect that which concerns you today. The Lord bless you all. And may you be encouraged today as we, as we face this day. And remember that he never changes. Amen. Father, thank you for your unchanging nature. Bless us today. Continue with us even as we live for you, Father. Father, let us live it out. Let them see it in our lives. More than what we are saying, Lord, let them see it. That, so that when we open up our open our mouths and talk about it, they would say, I can see it. It is evident. It is obvious in your life. Bless us further now, Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen.